my voice is cracking, and that's all right. It's a victory Monday here on One Giant Step. It's Sean Moresh with Paul Dottino. The G-Men are one win away from a trip to the NFC Championship game. Why? Because they just won their first playoff game since Super Bowl forty-six. They just had Daniel Jones become the first Giants quarterback not named Eli Manning to win a playoff game since the 41-0 Vikings game, NFC Championship, Kerry Collins. The Giants are about to play on a Saturday for the first time in the playoffs since 1997. And they haven't won a playoff game in a year where they haven't made the Super Bowl since 1993. A lot of good vibes going on right now, Paul. Hello, how are you? Good morning, Sean. Yippee-ki-yay, mother. And you know the rest of that saying. Uh, this was quite an event. The uh, Minneapolis fans rocked the building. But I have to tell you, Sean, from being on the sideline, the Giants did bring their own contingent. These Giants fans, I don't know where they came from, if they were from other parts of the country or they came out from New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. But on that Giants sideline, there were pockets of blue spread out throughout. And they got loud. There were chants of defense. Let's go Giants. It was remarkable considering the decibels in Minnesota Stadium when the Vikings wanted it to go with the horn and the drums and stuff went up to 115. Amazing. Incredible. Amazing. And, and we'll get into obviously everything with the game here still to come. But, you know, I thought a couple of things were funny. Obviously, uh, Minnesota putting up on the big video board the quote about Nick Gates and that, you know, he thought it would be louder to try to fire up the crowd. The Vikings coming out to like fake snow. Uh, and then you throw in the fact that the game was a little delayed because of the Bills Dolphins game. I mean, a lot, a lot of, of work put into revving up that Minnesota crowd there, Paul. Mm, may not have You know what, Sean? They brought Adrian Peterson back. I don't know if you saw it on television, but before the game, they brought Adrian Peterson out onto the field behind one of the end zones. The people went bonkers. And then at one point during the timeout, they had their sideline reporter interview Adrian Peterson on the side of the field, and they put it up on the big scoreboard on the Jumbotron. And the place just went ballistic. But here's where they did not calculate the other part of that equation. Saquon Barkley idolizes Barry Sanders and Adrian Peterson. And Adrian Peterson is one of the guys who helped Barkley through the ACL injuries. In fact, Barkley talks about his admiration for Peterson all the time. Well, let me tell you something. Saquon Barkley was triply fired up yesterday. I personally believe that with Adrian Peterson in the house, Barkley even showed all that more gumption. Not that he needed any more motivation. Right. But I truly believe that Barkley, in front of AP, wanted to make sure that he put his best foot forward. And I know the numbers weren't super spectacular, but Barkley definitely had a significant impact in that game, aside from just his two touchdowns. Yeah, of course. And, you know, when everybody will look at nine carries and go, geez, they only handed it to him nine times. I mean, he was so good out of the backfield, and he was the guy, obviously, that you needed to account for even in the passing game. So let's start it off with early in the game, Paul, before we get to obviously the way things unfolded and ended and some questionable stuff towards the end. The Vikings get the ball, Giants deferred, go right down the field with their scripted plays, okay? Here is where I think this is really significant and you could get a sense right away. That very easily could have been a, 
oh no, this giant defense is in trouble. Daniel Jones comes out there, quick three and out, and things start to snowball. I thought, Paul, them getting the ball back and within the snap of a finger, finding the end zone themselves on the road in that spot, surviving that Viking early punch was just such a tone setter. And I think, you know, we talk about Barkley obviously was huge on that drive, but even for Daniel Jones, it was kind of like, yeah, I can hang. I could do this on the road. This crowd's not going to phase me. Uh, and it was so incredible. And then, of course, getting the ball back right away and then getting the Hodgins touchdown right after to go up 14-7. I mean, once Hodgins caught that ball and they had had those two touchdowns, Paul, I really felt like offensively Daniel Jones had everybody's attention and he was not going to be a reason they lost that football game yesterday. Well, I'll go one further. Remember the game a month ago in Minnesota? Giants were down 10 nothing. Yeah. The place was, was – was, they were blowing the roof off the place. And Daniel Jones methodically hit Hodgins late in the second quarter to make it a 10-7 to game. And the Giants had to continuously, you know, climb the stairs to make sure that they didn't let Minnesota escape in that one. Similar situation here. Uh, Cousins goes 7-7 for 54 yards on a 12-play, 75-yard touchdown drive right out of the box, yeah. holding the ball for over 68, uh, six minutes, six and a half minutes. So to your point, I said, all right, I've seen this script before. Let's just see what Daniel does with it, because as far as I'm concerned, there's no reason for him not to come right back and answer. And that's exactly what he did, just as he did the first time they played. Yeah, and the offensive line I thought was playing really well too early on in that first drive. Even Evan Neal, who's had his struggles, had a really big, good run block early on. Uh, Paul, this is where I got a little alarmed in the first half. Up 14-7, okay. looks like you could go for the jugular. Looks like it's going to be a touch touchdown. And, of course, you get you know the penalty on Daniel Bellinger. Now, look, penalties are going to happen. We've seen giant drives all year get stalled by penalties. The Giants end up settling for a field goal and going up 17-7, only to have Minnesota off of that field goal go right back down the field and make it 17-14. That was the first moment of the game, Paul, where I sat and went, oh, man, are we going to be ruining that penalty and ruining not going up 21-7 because you go then, you know, obviously from being up 14 to you only get the field goal, then they answer right back, and it's a, you know, a 3-7 to seven swing there. 20 plays, 85 yards, 11 and a half minutes on that drive that led to that field goal, the Gano from 25. And Paul, Paul, before you finish, that drive, very reminiscent of the 07 drive the Giants had that ended in the field goal in the Super Bowl. Yes. The longest scoring drive of the Giants season. And really told the Vikings that there's nothing that this Giants offense wants to do that they won't be able to do because they scored on some nice quick plays where they were able to get down the field and hit passes wherever they wanted to. And then they were also able to dink and dunk and grind it out and have Daniel Jones run. By the way, did you see how they broke out the Jones running plays in this one? Yeah. He scrambled a bunch, but in the first Vikings game, not one planned running play for Jones. You mentioned that, right? Yes. They broke it out this time, though, didn't they? Yeah. And the Vikings they, they had up. no answer. And, Paul, how about now, the trust of the Daniel Jones, too? You were talking about that drive. The, was that the same drive with the freaking Statue of Liberty play as well? <laughs> yeah, well. I, I will say this. Um, as I go back and I look at my notes, what bothered me was they take the Jones touchdown off the board on the illegal shift. All right. Right. And they settle for field goal. And I'm saying to myself, they just left four points off the board. That could be, could be the first 
of a litany of mistakes that if the Giants lose, we will talk about how they squandered this game away and let what, what Minnesota win for the second straight time. So I, I will agree with you. I did not like seeing that because the Vikings come right back, 75-yard drive, Osborne's touchdown, and then the Giants go into halftime, and I'm thinking to myself, all right, if the Giants are truly going to put their stamp on this game and do everything that I believe they can, they will take that third quarter kickoff and go right down the field. And they did. Six plays, 75 yards. Barkley with a 24-yard uh, catch and run. Hodgins with a 32-yard catch. And then Bellinger with the touchdown. By the way, when he beats Patrick Peterson. Couldn't yeah. have been any better. No, it was the tone setter for the whole second half. That was, we we are not going to allow what the Vikings did do at halftime with their adjustments to phases. We are going right back down the field. It, it was absolutely, the counterpunch. Yeah, it was really? the counterpunch. It set the tone. And by the way, you know, early decisions, right? That's why you defer. Giants got that ball and were able to set their own tone to start the second half to score that touchdown. You're absolutely right. And, and look, let's face it. As this game went on and on and on, and while things maybe didn't go entirely as the plan for the Giant defense, offensively, Daniel Jones was there to answer the bell at every single toll. It didn't matter whether it was with his legs or with his arm. I, you know, he was putting balls exactly where they needed to be. Daniel Jones was the best player on the football field yesterday, a football field that had a, had Justin Jefferson on it. Oh, by the way, you see what a difference a Dory Jackson makes in a game, six for 37 when bracketing Justin Jefferson as well. But Daniel Jones, I thought was really that. Him and Saquon as that tandem back and forth. I mean, think about it. The Giants, pull. think about where they've come from early in the year. The wins versus Tennessee and Carolina and the ground, the pound, ground, the pound. They handed the ball off to Saquon Barkley nine times and scored 31 points in a playoff game on the road. You only do that if you have Daniel Jones playing well. No question. Now, let me give you a couple of numbers here that are really significant, and there are a lot of times the key indicators in a game. Giants was 7 of 13 on third down and two of two on fourth down, including the Jones quarterback keeper yeah. on the sneak on a drive that milked more time off the clock and put the Vikings in a rather precarious situation because when they finally got the ball back, they had burned all three of their timeouts. So yeah. the Giants helped their defense out there by draining some more clock. Giants held the ball for 33 and a half minutes in this game as well. And again, you mentioned it, Sean, and I think this is important because they did that with Jones throwing the ball 35 times. Giants were very balanced. They ran it 30 times on the day because Jones himself right. had 17 rushes, and a number of them were scrambles. But these are, these are the kinds of things that you need to be able to do. You need to be able to win games by winning key indicators and doing, the, doing those things in different ways. That's the key. You can't be a one-trick pony if you're going to do good things in this league. You've got to be able to mix it up and find alternate ways to get the mission done. And Jones was, this, this was his best game, in my opinion, of all time. This was his career game.